You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein, and I go over Washington's first-round pick, linebacker Jameen Davis. Was he the right guy? Should they have traded up for quarterback Justin Fields? We get into all of that and much more. Don't forget you can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW. You can read my work on ESPN.com. We'll have analysis of every pick this weekend. One note, I will be at my son's graduation Friday night, but there will still be analysis about each of the day two selections. Before I get to Bram, a couple things. All right, well, I picked linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa in our NFL Nation mock, and I knew he was a consideration, but Davis was one of my probably four options. He was the first guy I actually started um, researching, but I kind of backed off in part because some guys, some people played him down to me. Not some, they didn't. I don't, now I know why they did, and I, no lies were told. I think they just kind of undersold maybe their affection for him. I can respect that, man. That's how you got to play this game. Again, you, you undersold it, you didn't lie, and you got your guy. That's all good. His ability to play all three positions was huge, and especially being able to play inside. I know that was something they were looking for, but I thought if they drafted Davis, it would be after a trade back based on the vibes I got. By the way, speaking of playing inside against the run, I talked to a few people that I really respect before the draft about his ability to do this. One of the one guy thought he was too angular to play inside. The other people were convinced that he absolutely could play inside. So there you go. I also knew that they wanted somebody, again, to play the mic, and Davis can do that. Again, just said that. He's smart, he's smart and athletic. That was evident watching his games. I do think he has to improve versus the run. But one point Ron Rivera made was how well Davis understands the fit in the run game. That was a major point of emphasis last season with Washington's linebackers, where the fit wasn't always great for whatever reason. And sometimes they did not attack the line the way Rivera and Jack Del Rio wanted. Now, when I watched Kentucky, I thought Davis needed to improve his consistency against the run. There were times where maybe he was a little bit hesitant or maybe he wasn't trusting what he saw, or maybe it's just ask, being playing the way he was asked to play. I don't know. But what I liked was his vision to the ball. Never seemed to lose sight of his man. He's, he's a little bit taller, so that helps. But I felt like he kept a good, good eyes on the, on the ball carrier. I think a lot of what he probably has to do is learn to is using better technique to take on blockers. Also, though, um, be trusting your instincts and being more aggressive getting to the ball. Behind this front, he should and can be more aggressive, and that's what these coaches will want. One thing I know his, his ability to cover is impressive. You see him, the ability to flip his hips and change directions is really good. But what these guys want, and based on conversations I've had throughout the offseason, is while this is a passing league now, 
the ability to play the run is paramount because as people here keep telling me, if you can't stop the run, they're always going to be in favorable passing situations. And that then limits the ability of guys like Chase Young and Montez Sweat to wreak havoc as pass rushers. By the way, Davis was not the number one player on their board defensively going into this. There was a little bit of, um, I think, a little bit of confusion after Ron Rivera said something about he was their number one guy on the board. Um, and I think some people took that to mean he was the number one guy on their board overall defensively. No, um, he was their number one player still on the board. There's a big difference. And Bram and I kind of discussed some of this in there. So when you hear that, just know not the number one player on the board, number one, number one player on the board at the time of the pick. There are other defensive players that they still like that were on the board as well as some left tackles. But I love how they're building the defense. Take a look at the quarterbacks they're going to face this season. I wrote a story about this a couple of days ago on ESPN.com, why I felt like defense would be a wise way to go. Um, this is a long-range approach, but it's the right one. When you look at Ron Rivera's record in Carolina, his three best seasons where they were really, really good, those years were led by their defense. Cam Newton was good really good but the defense was the was the anchor of the of that success as for quarterback Justin Fields I knew they liked him but I also got the sense Thursday morning that they would not be trading up at all for him maybe probably not clearly not anybody if he fell to them I think they were great with that otherwise they were going to pass and they did and I'm good with that too I like Fields but I don't think that this team is in position to surrender needed draft capital to continue building unless you're absolutely in love with the player. Keep building. And when you love a guy and you have the roster you want, then strike. Look at Kansas City for an example with Patrick Mahomes. They built for five years. They did have a good quarterback in Alex Smith. Not a great one, but a good one. But when they found the guy that they loved and they had the roster they wanted, they struck. San Francisco did that in getting Trey Lance. They, they paid a big price to move up from 12 to 3. But as people here have told me, they have the kind of roster that could support that. Like they didn't two years ago and then the Super Bowl last year's issues were injury related so they went up and got a guy that they loved and and so like they surrendered capital but they're not going to need as much because the roster that's already in place that's where this team hopes to be in a year or two um, and while finding a quarterback of the future is a need it's not one that has to be filled this offseason and if and there is a good chance that it won't be a few times while discussing quarterbacks, I've had people there tell me if they have to wait a year or two, that's okay. Again, they see what San Francisco did. And I mentioned the steep price they paid to move up. And the response was, again, this was a position they hoped to be in in a year or two. Strong roster where you can afford to, lose, to give up some draft capital. Anyway, that's it from me. I'll be back after this break with Bram Weinstein as we go over first round pick Jameen Davis. Hey everyone, I wanna tell you about a fun new offer from Monkey Knife Fight that can enhance any sports experience whether you're at a game, on your couch, or in a bar. It's a daily fantasy sports league that is easy to play. You can sign up on monkeyknifefight.com using promo code JKR and play games such as more or less. Will an NBA player score more or less than a listed point total? You can do the same in baseball. Will a pitcher have more or less strikeouts than a given amount, etc. It's fun, and every Friday it's Home Run Derby, and on three guys who have home runs that night. All three hit one, you share in the prize pool. Every week you can participate in their eagle-eyed jackpot based on the PGA Tour. 
Choose from any sport, from NASCAR to UFC and League of Legends. And of course, once football rolls back around, there will be even more fun prop bets. This is daily sports betting designed for the average fan to use their knowledge and have some fun. Sign up now at monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code JKR. That's promo code JKR. Welcome back. Now, here's my conversation with Bram Weinstein. All right, Bram. Well, it's funny because there's all this buzz and all this excitement about what may or may not happen, and we finally find out it's Jamin Davis, linebacker from Kentucky. Get to him in a second. But you were back out, just before we get going on this, back out at FedEx Field in front of live fans. What yeah. we at, a, at the um, draft festivities out there, what was it like to be back out with fans there again? It was unusual. I mean, it really was. I mean, people were just walking around and milling around. And it, you know, it was a different kind of experience because they had a band on the field and people were allowed to walk down on the field and they were letting people kick field goals, attempt to kick field goals and stuff like that. So there was a lot kind of happening on the field, which was really, you know, unusual. And then, you know, it's like a few thousand people, and in a place like that, when they go do go back to sit in the stands, or all it looks drop in a bucket. But it was right. just it was great to see people again. It really was. And you know, listen, I'm hoping. You know, one of the one of the odd things of the games last year was there was nobody there. You know, it was, right. it was just so odd. You know, so I, I'm really I think it's another just sign of we're getting there, and hopefully by September, um, you know, we'll have either a full house or close to it. I hope. Yeah, it would be nice. So, your reaction to, to the Davis pick? I'm not surprised. Um, you know, I think uh, linebacker or offensive tackle always felt like the obvious choice for them. Um, they really need to upgrade the linebacking core, and they clearly don't have an offensive tackle right now. But you can only choose one. And in the end, you know, if their board, as they said, was telling them, this was the best defensive player on the board to them, and he's at 19. Well, if they're right about that, they got the best defensive player on the board two years in a row. <laughs> you know, like That would be amazing if it worked out that way. He's big. He fills an obvious need. And, um, you know, hopefully they're right about him. But I, and I, I'm not surprised that they went this direction at all. No, I, I'm not either because, as you said, they – especially when you looked at the sweet spot of where they're picking at 19, the sweet spot were the positions were linebacker and then tackle Dersaw's there. But there was also a Wusu Koromoa who I'm surprised did not get drafted in the first round, but these guys like them, but there are other teams. I don't know that would have picked Davis here, but it doesn't matter because if you like him, you take him where you got him and how you have him on the board. So you're right though. It was a good spot for them. And I also think Bram, you have a chance to build a really, really special defense if you keep adding to it like this. I do. I agree with that. I, I really do. I agree with that. And, you know, I would like to think that partially it's measurables with this player over the Notre Dame linebacker. Yeah. The Notre Dame yeah. linebacker is a little light. And this guy is not. You know, he is built like a three-down linebacker. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they utilize him. It feels like not unlike when Chase Young came in last year, and I'm not trying to put this guy on Chase Young's level. I think athletically, Chase Young is one of the most gifted players I've seen. I, I don't know that this guy is going to fall into a category like that. But not unlike Chase Young last year where he didn't walk into a, a tough situation where they're like, okay, you know, make the defense great, and you're the only guy that can contribute. He had Allen, Payne, Ioannidis, Sweat. They're already there. 
Like, this guy's coming in playing behind that line. Like, it's a really incredible opportunity that he has to walk into a situation where it's kind of ready-made for someone like him to make plays. So I think he falls into a good category. I think he's a starter day one, probably. Um, I think it relegates probably John Bostick to a backup role, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And frankly, I'm not sure they're done here at linebacker. I, I, I think that's a position that they could address again relatively early in day two and three. Oh, there, there, there's still some good linebackers left. Listen, again, Coromoa is still out there if you wanted to go their route. Also, I know Ohio State's Pete Werner and then LSU's Jabril Cox would be guys in the second round if you wanted to go that direction. But with, with sticking with Davis for a minute too, Graham, he also – one of the things that Rivera talked about was, you know, that they've been big on fit. This guy fits. And yeah. he's a guy – he's a military kid. I mean, Rivera understands that part very well. He, he likes that discipline mindset. And I think this kid's a studier. And I think this just – this is the kind of guy that you want to build with after getting a guy like Chase Young last year who is absolutely the kind of guy you want to build around. And to get those kind of guys at each level of the ball – at the, of the positions is a huge deal i think this is a kind of a close to the heart type of deal too i mean what was the one thing that rivera was kind of openly complaining about as a position group last year it was a linebacker position absolutely he he did not blast a lot of groups along the way you know he did with them a couple of times and him and del rio got a guy that you know that they wanted and and so you know it fills a need um i think what you know, for anyone who, who thinks like, well, they should have gone tackle because that was a more glaring need. All I would say back is you have one pick, you know, and right. this team is not complete. They don't have luxury picks. You know, they're not ready to compete for the Super Bowl right at the moment. But, you know, this addition is someone that if he ends up playing to the potential that they think he has and athletically, he's very gifted. Um, they do have what looks to be another block of what should and could be a dominant defense. The other point of that, Bram, too, is that Derisaw was their fourth-rated tackle on the board. He was behind Vera Tucker, um, who was their third, and he, they felt like he could play left tackle. They liked him better than Derisaw. If Davis is your truly your number one guy on the board defensively, then it becomes a no-brainer to take him over the tackle and then can the other parts with this too, and I'm curious what you think, look at the NFC East and some of the offensive talent that's coming in there now. You have Dak Prescott back, but then you have the Giants adding Galladay and then Kadarius Tony now, and then the Eagles getting Devontae Smith. You want to keep building up this defense. You, they're, they're not a finished product by any means. I, the Giants are very, very interesting. I mean, spent a lot of money on Galladay. They draft a receiver. They brought in Kyle Rudolph. Saquon's coming back. Um, if Daniel Jones progresses, they're a very dangerous team. Um, and Dallas, I think, without question, has an extraordinary amount of skill position players. So I agree with you. Like, Washington right now needs to load up on a defense to remain competitive in their own division. And at the same time, like, you know, if, if this is the number one player on your board and the tackle, even though you need a tackle, um, it doesn't rate that way to you then it's a no-brainer for you to take the what you think is just the better player because it goes back to the original point. You're not a complete roster, and you can't fill it all with one pick. So right. this was the choice that they made, and you know they will remain 
in a mode where they're going to have to do something. If they don't address tackle early next tomorrow, if they don't do that, then I would imagine they're going to hit the free agent market of who the guys who are left and who are veterans and try to bridge that position by signing somebody for a year or two. The, the other the other thing was we started to see Justin Fields fall. Are you okay with them staying put and not trading up to get him? I have a hard time buying that the Giants were going to trade to us and let us get him. So, so I don't think that would have happened. I think if they really wanted to get him, get him, it was going to have to go at seven or eight, or I guess potentially nine. Now that Denver didn't take him, which was, I think that was the one surprise to me that Denver did not take him at nine. So they clearly did not want him or did not like him. Um, or, they're, or they're saving up for Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Or, or that, or that, you know, that that's a distinct possibility. Once he got into the middle range with the NFC East teams, I know they traded with each other, Dallas and Philadelphia, but it wasn't for that quarterback, you know. So I can't imagine that, that the Giants would have been willing to do that. That said, um, I never thought at, at any point in time that they were going to give up any capital to move up to get a quarterback because not only had they kind of said that out loud publicly, privately I'd heard that over and over and over. So – I never bought into they were going to make the big, bold move to do it, even from going from 19 to 11, which is different than 19 to 3. Um, I knew they were never going to do that move. But right. this one where Fields was now reasonably available, I still did not think that they were going to do it because that's just what I had been told, that they were they were not interested in doing something like that. I always felt like the price tag had to be very, very right. And I know that it was just too much. And even when you look at what some of the trades today, like, well, the price wasn't that high. But if you don't, if you're not, you have to be in love with the guy to go up there and do that. And if you're content with waiting to see if he falls to you, that means you like him. But you're like, well, okay, if he falls to us, yeah, we'd love to have him. But, and so I think in that scenario, just wait. And then find, wait for you get to you get the guy you love. And here's the other part that when you look at the way they're building the roster, build it out. And then when you, when you become good and you're, you, you have more around you, then you can be aggressive trading up like San Francisco was, like the Chiefs were back in the day when they got Mahomes. And I think those are blueprints for this team to follow, and especially at that position. So I was okay with them just staying put and not moving up to get him too. I, it's definitely within character. I mean – it's yeah. not like Ron Rivera and Marty Herney did a lot of moving up and up, you know, shaking up the draft in Carolina. They never really did that there either. Um, I think what we're learning here is that they stick to their guns about things. They don't change their mind. Like they're not, they're not going to willy nilly go, Oh, okay, let's go do this. Now they're clearly not going to buckle to public pressure to do things. They have their way. We'll find out if it's the right way or not, you know, over time as they build out the roster the way they want to do it. But there is no shoot, you know, from the hip type of mentality, which right. I think, you know, for years was yep. going on here where there was not a lot of standards and practices. This is how we do things. This is the type of stuff we're looking for. We're willing to be patient. We're not going to just change our mind willy nilly. That was going on a lot through the years yeah. where you, you didn't understand strategy of what they were doing. Right. These guys have a plan. Now, are they going to end up being right about that plan? We'll see. Um, but I think what, what they are saying out loud is we're not in any rush to do anything rash 
we're not we're going to stick to how we believe we build a good football team and we'll see if they're right in the end yeah and i think and we'll get to quarterback here too because day two setting that up but i think along those lines um i do think that they are content with sitting there and saying if we don't find our guy we are not going to force it and we will keep building a good roster and i think rivera and and i think both rivera may who kind of made that point tonight in the in the zoom call with reporters that you know, you want to build the right, you want to just keep adding good pieces. And that's what they did. So leading to this day two, where, where do you think they go? Do you think they go quarterback? As of before this tonight, I, yes, I did. I thought it, and that's if Davis Mills or Kyle Trask become available to them in the second or third round, I think it was possible. The more I talked to some people tonight, I got a sense that their opinion was that that wasn't what they were going to do. So I feel a little bit more informed that I, that I don't believe it will happen. So I have been kind of led to believe that they do like Kyle Trask a lot. And I've been led to believe that they like Davis Mills a lot. And so, you know, we understand here that there is no quarterback of the future on this roster. And if they like them a lot, it seems like the right thing to do to bring them in and, you know, learn from Fitzpatrick for a year and compete with Heineke or whatever it may be. But I'm not getting the sense that they will go that direction. And if they don't, then I don't know, maybe they take a flyer on somebody later. Uh, but it doesn't, it's, it's feeling like to me, that's not what they're going to do. I think we both know that they want to get a quarterback of the future, but I've always felt like they wouldn't force it. And I think that's one thing that again, Rivera has made that clear. I think throughout this process that they're not, they don't feel desperate. And sometimes you hear that, but the actions don't suggest that. Their right. actions suggest they're not desperate. How many times have, has this team been the team where you're going, what are they doing? <laughs> like, Often. And that's like, what, right, the Eagles feel like they're one of those teams right now. The Jets feel like they're one of those teams um, right now. The Washington football team doesn't feel like one of those teams no. right now. Now, again... They've only been here for a little over a year. This is their second draft. Um, I think we all recognize the roster has a lot of work to still, a lot of work to go, a lot of stuff to still do, but they have a plan. And their plan is not being disrupted and they're not shooting from the hip. And that is different. And we'll see how it goes. And But right now, you know, I like what they did today. You know, they stayed there. They gave up nothing. They got a really good player. Hopefully he'll fill. It's a need player too, yeah. and then they'll move on to whatever's next. And I know a lot of us are very edgy and itchy to get the quarterback. It doesn't seem like they feel that pressure to do so. And part of that may be a relatively public, and they've done this publicly, kind of acknowledged. You know, we don't see ourselves as you know going there and battling Mahomes for a Super Bowl next year. We'd love right. to. But we're not telling you out loud we're going to, you know, bite your kneecap off and we're going to end up being world beaters overnight. They seem to have a real semblance of this is a build. It continues to be a build. We're getting there, but you're going to have to be patient with us. And at quarterback, you're really going to have to be patient with us. And I like that approach, though. And I think, again, I always go back to the Kansas City model. Andy Reid, you know, uh, Rivera worked for Andy Reid. uses him a lot for advice, listens to him. And Andy Reid was in KC. Now he had Alex Smith for five years. 
But Alex Smith, you know, we we know what kind of quarterback he was. A good quarterback, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't an elite guy. But he was, but he's good. But they build the roster out, and then they were aggressive and gave up the capital when they had the roster that was ready yes. to to support such a move. And I do, I like what I like what they're doing. I I do, and it's it's not the most, it's not always the most the sexiest approach. But I think it's the right one, and I think they're adding good players. I like the addition of William Jackson. I think the defense is better now than it was at the end of the season, and because of their because of that approach. So I think it's a winning one. I just you don't know how long it takes, but they do have to solve the quarterback position at some point. They took a swing for Stafford. They tried to fill the position. Um, you know, they got outbid, and but they didn't then at that point go. Well, who's next? <laughs> you know, like they just like go. Oh, well, we better do something crazy now because we didn't get the guy we were looking for. You know, so right. they, you know, they will target the people they like. They are willing to try to make moves to make it happen. Um, but when they've said all along we're not going to give up capital, they were saying all along the truth. Yeah, they were being honest about it. You know, like not everybody was. I mean. Peter King and Adam Schefter both literally said out loud that Mac Jones would be the third quarterback off the board. They were lied to, right? This team is like any other team, not going to tell you what they're going to do, but they're not lying to you. And if you listen closely, they are saying what they're like, what direction they're thinking and what they're probably going to do. And until they outwardly lie about stuff like this, they're actually telling the truth. Yeah, and I haven't felt like I've been lied to at all throughout this. Now, there are some things that you're not going to say, certain things like with with Davis, if you really like him that much, maybe you're going to downplay him a little bit, not saying that, well, I don't know, but you may say you're not going to stand him out ahead of the crowd as much, and nor should they, and I'm cool with that. I don't, you know, but I don't feel like I was lied to, and I think even with quarterback, if they don't take a quarterback – what I was told is they want a quarterback. They will not force it to get one. Yes. And so, so that's great. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the right approach. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that, that that's the way, that's how you can build something. In, and, and, and that's what they're trying to do. And Rivera keeps saying it. He talks about building something sustainable. And if you just yeah. try to go for the home run right now after, because you had a good season, you're, you know, maybe, because you know what's happened here in the past, Bram, how many times when we look at a season and say they felt like they were a lot closer than they were? Yeah. And so they made they made a move and it was like you weren't that close. Right. They've had you know they've had a lot of incomplete teams. They've chased their tail about a lot of different things through the years. Um, and you know at least for now, this particular administration is doing things a little bit differently, and they don't feel impatient. And listen, if they're seven and nine again for another year. You know, I think that changes a little bit because, you know, at that point now you go to year three and, you know, look, I mean, it. they have the luxury of they're still, I don't know if honeymoon's the right word, but nobody's questioning Ron Rivera's acumen. There's no, there's no whispers of, oh, well, they made a mistake or anything like that. He went and hired two GMs, not one, he hired two, you know, to work with him. And they're still being given the benefit of the doubt. And obviously they're given the leeway to make choices here. And that wasn't always the case, you know? So there's a lot happening here that I think is very positive. That's really pointing up. I like this pick they made today. Not, you know, they've been, 
They've really gotten it right. You know, I know it's different people making these choices over the last few years, but these defensive picks that they've made, I mean, they haven't missed on one of them. No. Payne, Allen, Sweat, Young, hopefully this guy, you know, like they have not missed on these people. And that's the building blocks of what can be a dominant unit. And it's looking closer and closer to be potentially that. Let's see how it goes. And it'll be interesting, fun weekend. And it'll be fun to talk about this stuff for the next few months. So, Bram, we'll, we'll, we'll have a, plenty to discuss over the next few months. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yep. I'll talk to you soon. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and, of course, of the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as the other great content. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with another episode at the conclusion of the draft. Talk to you next time.